I probably was the only one this weekend um, that wanted it to rain. Now, not storm, not blow houses down. That's been some terrible things going on, but some rain. Because I don't know if you paid any attention or whatever, but it, it just seems awful dry all of a sudden. Pretty dry. And I don't know sometimes if we understand how valuable water is. And kind of disappointed when we didn't have rain this weekend. I know there was a lot of graduates and a lot of outside stuff going on, but I was just kind of wishing for some rain because it looks like my yard is thirsting for rain, languishing, tongue hanging out needing rain. And it kind of goes along with what I've been thinking all this week about tonight's message. And I, I knew that Pastor Bender was, was coming, and I knew that this would be for tonight. And I titled it A Time of Refreshing. And the idea here is not trying to preset your minds or brains, because just doesn't work. But at that moment, as we conclude and come to the altar, there's been at times that we've kind of go step out of our boat and worship and call upon God, and He's met, and He's refreshed us. And for the last month or so, I've been kind of preaching on the, the vein of trying to let you see what God is doing to America, bringing us to a nothingness bringing us to a place of not, nothing, just exhaustion and almost hopelessness so that our hope will only be in Him now. <clears throat> and you and I are going in this journey that our nation is taking in the wrong direction, and they're not paying any attention to us. And I've been telling you and I how God is giving us the insight so that when Titanic hits the iceberg, you and I will know what's going on, and you and I will try to reach the souls as they come back, maybe dismayed, brokenhearted, however they come back. And I'm saying, God, yes, that's what we want new hope to be. In fact, that was kind of the name that the Lord impressed on my wife and I 20-plus years ago to name this church to give those who have been tricked, maybe, with false doctrine, tricked by men in the pulpit, deceived by the enemy, the prosperity message, all this stuff that America has run after, and people end up shipwrecked and hearts broken, <clears throat> marriages crumbling, families scattered, and God was saying, call it new hope, to give them new hope, which is Jesus, the blessed hope. <clears throat> In order for us to be able to do that, there has to be moments where God gives us that refreshing, where that fresh oil, that full tank again, the love for God again, that will go, I'm ready again, God, to go back out there for you. And that's what I'm hoping that tonight becomes for all of us all of you that made the effort to come back. 
Ed, would you take us before the Lord, please? <clears throat> Many times I read accounts in the magazine Voice of the Martyrs where these uh, pastors or people who just try to do the work of God in the foreign lands, how they're thrown in prison and forgotten about, thrown in dungeons and all these horrible things that happen to them and just kind of blown away when you read them. But then if you continue to read them and see, there's always some tremendous insight or story, something tremendous God has done for them or in them or through them, how they love the guards that beat them. Or I read one where God said, or the man said his, it was actually a um, dungeon or a maybe a pit where he would just be thrown in. And he said at various times, God would just show up to him and his cave mud walls would all sparkle with diamonds and uh, rubies. And it was just unbelievable, precious, tremendous. And, and the idea of just saying this is, is no matter what God calls us to do, no matter how dry or how hard, God will always have a time of refreshing for us. Others might not see it, the world might not get it, the world might not understand it, most of the church won't understand it, but as you press into the things of God and do what God's going to ask of you to do, He will come to you and give you those times of refreshing. Whether it's us maybe tonight or you by yourself, you can count on God. He is faithful. He will take care of you. So we want to look at that as a time of refreshing. I know that our land, our nation, our spiritual condition is dry. And we'll see that as we look at the Word of God. Psalm 63.1, a psalm of David, says, When he was in the wilderness of Judea, he said, O God, Thou art my God, early will I seek Thee. My soul thirsteth for Thee, my flesh longeth for Thee. And he describes the time or the age, he says, in a dry and thirsty land. And I believe that's where we are. We're in a dry and thirsty land. And that's kind of why I was even thinking about the literal rain. Boy, it would just be nice to have some, some rain. And I uh, actually heard the neighbor way in the back cutting grass. And I actually wanted to see who was cutting because he's had a heart condition. And I wasn't sure if I should be someone that should cut his grass. But some family member or something was out there cutting, and I couldn't really see where they were, but this was, it was just a billow of clouds, and so I kind of had an idea where he was, and I'm thinking, gee, wait, you mean to tell me it's that dry already, and we just, just finished May, and so you can see when, when things get dry, it doesn't take long doesn't take long for things to dry up. And this is what David was saying. Dry and thirsty land, which literally means weary. A weary land. It means kind of a moral depravity or a decaying going on. And as I look and think already, it wasn't that long ago, I said maybe from the pulpit or from a couple of my buddies, you can almost hear the grass growing. Right now, you can kind of hear it. All of a sudden, came to a screeching halt without me even realizing it. I mean, I've gone from cutting twice a week to try to make the yard look nice, and if you don't, it gets so high, then you got all that mess you got to take care of. So just rather go ahead and cut it about every four days. <clears throat> and now, all of a sudden, that seems to stop. It's almost like, well, don't we kind of stop in July or, or August? When the, and all of a sudden, and so this is what David was saying. 
Seems like all of a sudden America is drying up rapidly, faster than you can ever think or imagine. The decay of society, the morality, the depravity, everything that's going on, and David's going, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, God. And you and I are living in a day and age where it's dry and thirsty. And you and I are expected of God to minister in that time of dry and thirsty land. And so in order to do that, God's going to come and refresh us so that we can have what we need. Because we can't just say, okay, I'll just suck it up and do it. We can't. And so God will give it to us. If we call upon him out of a sincere heart, out of desperation, out of saying, God, I can't even breathe without you. And I believe God will come and restore and refresh. Psalm 68, 6 tells us this. God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those which are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Dry land. The Bible talks about clouds without rain, and I kept checking the clouds and thinking, oh my gosh, we had a few people over the other night, and it got so dark and windy, and I thought, we're going to get it. We probably got less than 100 drops of rain, clouds without rain. And it kind of seems to be a season that we've been in in this nation for a long time. And you can see it comes from being a rebellious nation. Rebellious and turning away from God. Not even realizing that God is turning the spigot of the water, of the move of God, of the power of God, of God the Holy Ghost off. Almost off in our nation. And now it's dry for a move of God. The world has come to a point where they're running after all sorts of things. Isaiah 1.30 tells us this. For you shall be as an oak whose leaf fadeth, and as the garden that hath no water. For the first time this year, we went to this one place that sells flowers different than we've ever been before. And they have crocs or pots or something, whatever, about this big. And it's full of lettuce. It's awesome. It's kind of cool. I've never seen anything like that before. And I remember I'm not Farmer Joe. So it's just about this big and just full of lettuce. And they said, just clip it off. Don't pull it out. Just clip it. It'll just keep growing and keep growing. And so we water that thing. Um, whether it's today, water today. We'll get up tomorrow. And those things are like just drooped right over. It's a constant watering that they need. That lettuce requires apparently a lot of water. And so this is where we are in the spiritual realm. We require a lot of water, a lot of watering from God, a lot of time in worship and praise and prayer and getting a hold of God. We require that or it doesn't take any time at all before we're limping and over without any strength. And we don't, I don't want to ignore this lettuce because there's a benefit to it. It has cost us something. But there's a benefit. We can reap the harvest from this lettuce every time we have a salad or even put it on sandwiches. And so you, it must be watered. And God will water us tonight. Isaiah 5.13 says, Therefore, because of this dry and thirsty land and rebellion, therefore my people are gone into captivity. Because they have no knowledge and their honorable men are famished. Honorable men, 
means they're hungered, hungry, and their multitude dry up with thirst. This is where the church is. Hungered for a move of God. Dried up from thirst. And Isaiah 41, 17 tells us, when the poor and needy seek water, God is always waiting for us. We think like we're waiting on God all the time, but God is always waiting on us. He's bringing us to a point where it's so dry and dusty that all of a sudden you're going to see your need and you're going to think, I need water, and you're going to start calling upon water. God, send the water, send the rain. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to look out on this little crock pot with lettuce and see it all wilted over, hanging over the sides. I don't have to look at it. I don't have to ask Ruth, do you think it needs water? And so if God's going to call us to walk in his dry and thirsty land, we might come back to church all wilted over and leave. But if you enter into the worship of God and give God glory and praise, then he again will water you. And when I water that lettuce, I almost want to stand there and watch it because it seems like I might turn my back or go to the front and water them, water the side and come back and the lettuce stand straight up just from a little bit of water. And God says, when the poor and needy seek water and there is none and their tongue faileth for thirst. And that's what's going on now. And God is waiting for the poor and needy to start getting it. To start understanding that they need to seek water. Second Chronicles 6.26 says, When the heaven is shut up and there is no rain, because they have sinned against thee, yet if they pray toward this place and confess thy name and turn from their sin when thou dost afflict them. God is saying, if you understand what's going on and you can see that the water is drying up and the move of God is not what it should be, And if you start coming to this place and start lifting your head up and start praying and start getting a hold of me, you can't just wish for rain. Wish for a move of God. We have to be sincere in asking God, God, you've got to send the rain. So Isaiah tells us, 41, 17 again, when the poor and needy seek water, and the poor is... The afflicted are humbled. Listen, we've said it over and over and over for the longest time. The way up in God is down. To humble yourself before God and say, Oh God, I I can't do this on my own. To admit to God, being afflicted with sin and the ability that you can't serve the Holy One of Israel, that you have no strength on your own to do it. To be a good husband, to be a good Christian, to be a good worker, whatever it is. To humble yourself, to lay out prone in front of God and say, God, I need supernatural strength from God. That's when the poor and needy start to seek. When this church truly starts to seek and lay before God and say, God, I can't do it. When the poor and needy seek water, and that poor is the afflicted and humble, 
And that's what we, we must become. We must understand the signs of the times and start humbling ourselves before God. There's a price to pay to be rebellious, to be afflicted when the mighty hand of God is upon you. <clears throat> that word needy means being in want, needing help. Isn't that us? Isn't that the church of America? Isn't that America and, and all in need, whether they know it or not? They're in need. It doesn't matter whether they know it or not. You and I do. And you and I need to be willing to stand in that gap to call upon God, Lord. Let it rain. Let it flow with your goodness and your refresh. Breathe upon us, Lord. Give us, God, the Holy Ghost, Lord, tonight even, so that we can be refreshed because we got our own situations and our own problems and our own marriages and our own banking and our own children and our own employment and our own. And God will give us to you. <clears throat> when the poor and needy seek water, when you have realized and you've come to the point where you want to humble yourself before God and say, you're right, God, I cannot do this on my own. I can't. I can't, Lord. I understand my need in want, needing help, deliverance from trouble. God, we are in trouble. Lord, if you don't move, we're sunk. Then it goes on and says, I, the Lord, will hear them. I, the God of Israel, will not forsake them. God will not forsake us. Whether the only move or the only watering or the only rain appears in, inside these four walls, God will give us what we need. If we continue to do what he's called us to do out there, we can come crawling in, dragging in, saying, Oh, Lord, again, God. And before the service is over, you'll be like that lettuce. Praise God to the great I Am. You'll receive it. But you have to be willing. God said, when you start to cry out, when the poor and needy seek water, and there is none. There isn't any. There isn't any water. And it says, and the tongue faileth for thirst. You'd give everything for a glass of water. God said, I, the Lord, will hear the poor and needy, the humbled, those who know they're in need of help and deliverance from trouble. God says, I will hear them, and I, the God of Israel, will not forsake you. <clears throat> Second Chronicles 6.27 says this, Then hear thou from heaven, and forgive the sin of thy servants, and of the people Israel. When thou hast taught them the good way wherein they should walk and send rain. Send rain, God. Send the move of God. Send the presence of God, Lord. Electrify the atmosphere in this building tonight, God, by just showing up, Lord. Pour your glory out upon these people. Let them know that you're real and alive. God, send rain. You know God will answer a plea like that. But you are thirsty and hungry for a move of God. Standing before God tonight, hands lifted up, saying, God, I, I can't do it. I don't know how to do it, Lord. God says he'll hear from heaven. He'll forgive the sin of thy servants 
and of the pe- thy people Israel. For thou hast taught them the good way, and we have been taught the right way and the good way, wherein we should walk. And God, send rain upon the land, which thou hast given unto the people for an inheritance. God, we need rain. We need refreshing. We need a pouring out of the Spirit of God, the true God, the Holy Ghost, active in our lives and in His church tonight. God. Isaiah 41, 18 says this, I will open rivers in high places where rivers usually aren't. You don't usually see huge rivers on top of mountains. It's usually barren up there. Nothing's up there. Maybe a twig. God said, I'll open them up in high places. He said, in the fountains in the midst of the valleys, I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. God, this is a promise from God. If we go before God in need, saying, Lord, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, God, I'm in such need. And we humble ourselves before Almighty God. And we say, God, I'm, I'm poor, poor in spirit, poor in strength. Help me to understand, God. God, give me a new heart, Lord. Send the rain. I believe our Heavenly Father will answer to the cry of His children like that. Tonight, you're exhausted and you want to move of God and you want to be refreshed and you understand and you see your eyes have been anointed, your ears have been anointed, you know what's going on. But God, if you don't move, I need rain. I need it, Lord. The song we sing here, you're the very breath, the very air that I breathe. Can't live without you, God. I can't function without you. I can't stay married without you. I can't stay a pastor without you. Lord, I can't stay in my right mind without you. You're the very air I breathe. No air, God, I'll die. God, send the rain. This is the desperation. This is the calling upon God that needs to be done in this church. For God to move. Not faked, not hyped up. But the conditions, the decay of society now demands it. Demands it. But you say at least now for this next half hour, next 40 minutes, I don't want to be interrupted. I don't want to be bothered about anything. I'm going to call upon my God. He said, I will open up rivers in high places and fountains in the midst of the valleys. I will make the wilderness a pool of water and the dry land springs of water. I will open up rivers and desolate heights, way up where there isn't any. <clears throat> In response to the cry of you, the poor and needy, God said, I'll do this for you. Those whose tongues fail for thirst, God will send a miraculous supply of water to us, to you and I. God has resources and supplies that we know nothing about. Nothing about. Who would have ever walked by some rock and said, water's going to come out of there? Not one person. Yet God tells the man of God, smite that rock. He smites a rock and water comes out to give everybody a drink. Thousands of people. 
somebody discarded, cast away in the wilderness, in the desert where there's nothing but miles and miles and miles and miles and miles of sand. God speaks and from nowhere up comes a bubbling brook of water to sustain two people. God has resources you and I know nothing about. Nothing at all. We're going to be astounded and shocked. We're going to stand in awe of what God does and when He does it. God has resources and supplies we know nothing about. And He loves to supply us from His hidden resources. I mean, He's been serving God a long time, and He always baffled me how He answers. Sometimes I think I've walked God with so long, I know how He's going to answer. And I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm waiting, I'm looking, I know it's coming, I know it's coming, next thing you know it's, oh, it's already here. He's done it from a source I never thought or dreamt. It wasn't that long ago I was walking on the grass over there, behind the uh, youth house and youth garage. And I don't know how long you've been coming here. But that was a huge pit. I mean, a huge pit. Uh, Those big heavy equipment things that they call them pans. There was one down in there. I mean, when he would go down in, you'd lose sight of him until he'd come up back out after he let the dirt go. That's how huge that pit was. It's filled. And God reminded me of that the other day. We did nothing about it. We didn't pay for it. God just supplied the dirt. All we had to do was have the pit. (laughs) And I said, God, I have the pit. And down comes God. It disappears. The next thing you know, there's a building on there, youth center on there, garage on there. Now there's a volleyball court for them. Grass and an acre of land that never existed. God reminded me of that. A resource unknown to us, impossible for us, over hundreds of thousands of dollars for dirt given to us for the price of diesel fuel to push the dirt around. Man, God, God has resources that you don't even know about. That's why you should quit looking at your checkbook. Don't look at that. I think checkbooks are from the devil. (laughs) Verse 19 in Isaiah 41 says this, And I will plant in the wilderness the cedar, the shida tree, the myrtle, and the the ox oil tree. Sorry. I will send in the desert the fir tree and the pine and the box tree together. God says it's going to be a desert. It's a barren desert, and I'm going to send a forest of shade trees. That's what's important in the desert, to have shade and water. God said, I'll give you water from places you have no idea. Not only that, I'm going to change the desert into these forests of shade trees that you'll sit in comfort. You'll be able to have the refreshing, an oasis sent from God tonight. If you have faith to believe it. God makes barren places fruitful. What we were praying for this morning. Barren places. Fruitful. God says, come on, just believe me. Just believe me. 
And that's exactly what's going to happen. God will take the most barren wilderness and make it a forest. In fact, you can go to YouTube right now. I can't remember how quite to get there, but you can Google uh, YouTube, whatever it is, somewhere in Israel, how God is making the desert blossom. There'll be nothing but dust, 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 dirt, 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 dust, 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 boom, green, lush. That's God from a place that doesn't get hardly any rain. This is the God we serve. So if you're in the midst of a desert tonight, just have faith to believe God. He'll, he'll just pour the water on you tonight. You may be refreshed and go back to work for God. Verse 20 says this, that they may see and know and consider and understand together. This, God says, this is why I'm going to do this, that the hand of the Lord hath done this and the Holy One of Israel hath created it. This is why every type of move of God or churchy business that American church gets into seems to be coming to a grinding halt. Nothing seems to be working, God says, because when it does, you're going to know that I did it and only I did it. I'm there already. I'm already there. I'm already hoping the other churches or people, Christians in America, catch up and get this. I'm already there saying, God, I know I can't do it and can't be it. And that's the truth. That's not false humility. That's not boasting. I'm like, oh, God, you've got to do something. Send the rain. Ezekiel 34, 26 says this, And I will make them and the places around about my hill a blessing. That's you and I. And God says, And I will cause the shower to come down in his season, and there shall be showers of blessing. Showers of blessing. Not just one shower where you and I can say, do you remember that service 18 years ago on a Sunday night? What? No. All I know now, I'm dry and thirsty and I need to receive from God. I need to have God move tonight. Showers of blessing tonight, Lord. Counting on you, Lord, to send the rain that is so vital for this church to be strong, standing straight up doing the work for you, God. We need real rain, not fake rain, Lord. Real rain. Not fake dancing and fake jumping around and fake shouting. Real stuff, God. The real. Hosea 6 says, Come and let us return unto the Lord. For he hath torn, and that's what he's doing now. And he will heal us and hath smitten and he will bind us up. All through the years, always tried to do this. When we were ready to kind of do this scripture to our children because of their disobedience, we would tear into them and discipline them and then bind them up, hold them and love them and kiss them. And pray with them afterwards. And this is what our Heavenly Father is doing. He's tearing down all the foolishness and nonsense that America has run to. All the false doctrines, all the silliness that's going on. And God said, I'm going to tear it all down. I'm going to heal you up. He's going to smite us, take us to the woodshed. And God said, now I'm going to bind you up. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to wrap you up, all your bruises. And you're going to learn from this just like our children learned from their mistakes. Verse 2, it says, after two days he will revive us, and the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. 
Verse 3 again tells us, Then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, His going forth is prepared as the morning, and He shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain upon the earth. Moves of God, spontaneous worship, people entering in that never entered in before. That's God. People getting lost in the worship, just not singing a song. That's God being moved by certain songs at certain times. Like that great I Am song, I can't help it. It's kind of where I'm at. Everything looks so barren, so hopeless, and all of a sudden comes this song at the mention of it. Are you kidding me? His name? The great I Am. Him and I, same side. It gives me so much excitement when I hear that song. The psalmist in chapter 85 says, Turn us, O God of our salvation, and cause thy anger toward us to cease. Man, that's what I've been praying like never before. God, O God, O God, in thy anger and in thy judgment, Lord, remember mercy. Because I know God is displeased with a nation that aborts 53 million. I know it, and so I'm begging, oh God, I know the judgment, I know the foolishness of what you call church in America, God. But oh God, in the midst of that, remember mercy, remember me. Send the rain. God, please, send the rain. That's why the psalmist says, turn us, oh God. I'm not even going to say, God, I'll turn. I know what's going on. I'll turn. I'll be good. No, God, turn us. Turn us. Turn us, God. Turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause thy anger toward us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw out thy anger to all generations? Wilt thou not revive us again that thy people may rejoice in thee? Oh, God, you've got to send the rain, Lord. Send the rain. And I believe that if we would just venture out tonight, out of our comfort zone, our little private pew area, stand here at this altar before God tonight. Hosea 14 and 1 and New King James says this, if we would just do this, this is what we need to do. O Israel, return to the Lord your God. For you have stumbled because of your iniquity. Take words with you. That means tell God, oh God, I'm sorry. Be humble. How could you not tell God you're sorry? Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, take away all iniquity. Receive us graciously, for we will offer the sacrifices of our lips. God, I'm so sorry for turning out wrong. I'm understanding it now. Take words with you. Oh, Lord, please forgive me. Send the rain. See it right there in Hosea. Telling us to take words. 
Genesis 3.8 says, And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And I believe when we do this, we stop trying to hide our sin. When we acknowledge our sin, like David said in Psalms 51, Yes, God, yes, yes, it was me, it was me. Then the recovering starts. And then the rain clouds form. And then the rain starts coming down. As God starts to wash away the sin of those who acknowledge it. The poor and needy. Lord, that's me. That's me, God. I'm telling God now, even as I'm speaking to you, God, that's me. Take words with you and return to the Lord. Say to him, oh God, take away all my iniquity. Quit blaming someone else. Receive us graciously, God. In thy anger, Lord, in thy judgment. And I know we deserve it, Lord. But, oh God, graciously give me your mercy. And God will pour it out. He will give you that refreshing that you need to a sincere person. Oh, he will, he will, he will. For we will offer the sacrifice of the lips of our lips. God, God, I will sacrifice, I will tell you. I will bear my heart. I will bear my soul before you, God. And when we do that, we're going to hear the voice of God walking again in the garden, in the cool of the day. The day is coming when we shall hear his voice again. Possibly it's already starting. We've been hearing the voice, the voice of revival coming. The voice of refreshing coming. And again, I say to you, I'm not talking about an American-wide revival. That would absolutely be awesome. But there might be pockets of revival all over in little places, unknown to people. All I know is we got to be one of them. That's all I know. And if you would come before God tonight and cry out to God through worship and praise and bringing words, We'll see what God does. God will realize we want to be one of those pockets, God. God, don't walk by us. Don't walk by us. Remember the disciples in the ship, and it says, and the Lord made as he would walk by. And if they wouldn't have said anything, he probably would have walked by. And tonight's our moment and our time to say something. Say, oh God, oh God, no, don't walk by us. He wants to renew us and revive us, refresh us, so that we can do the work of the ministry in these last weird days. He wants the church to come to life and impact and and be a voice again. And you're the church to bring that gospel message, but you need refreshed from the hand of God. To serve as salt and light in a blind and decaying world. That's your job. To serve as vessels for a mighty outpouring of His presence. In order to do that, you need to be refreshed first. Let the winds of refreshing start tonight, Lord. Let the rain start here. Send the wind and the fire, Lord. Send it all. 
And if you're hungry for that, he will. He'll start. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. What power? God the Holy Ghost in us. Look, listen to me. I don't care how barren you are spiritually right now. I don't care. If Hagar, who doesn't know God, and Ishmael sit out in a desert crying. She couldn't stand it. She took her son so far away that she couldn't hear him cry anymore because he was going to die of thirst. And God cared enough to make water come up out of the desert to spare those two people's lives. How would he not do it for us? Who's no respecter of persons? And after true repentance, this will take place. Deuteronomy 32, 2 says this, My doctrine shall drop as the rain. My speech shall distill as the dew, as the small rain upon the tender herb, and as the showers upon the grass. To me, one of the most awesome time, this is a, Silly thing, but nevertheless, I like it. When I cut my grass, all done, everything's tucked away, finished, and then it rains. I thought that's perfect timing. Perfect. If you've got tall grass and you're going to cut it and it rains first, oh, what a, it just spits out, clump, just ruins everything. Cutting that grass. And then the rain. Perfect. God says in Psalm 72, 6, And he shall come down like rain upon the mown grass. Right after it's mowed. As showers that water the earth. Now let's stand and, Patrick, if you could kill some of these lights and I'm going to ask you if you would consider this and, and come down and stand at this altar. As, and I didn't even want the band to play because I, I wanted them to come and be refreshed by the presence of God, be able to worship and lift up hands. And so I went and found some songs on you, songs that you know, songs that you can relate to, songs that possibly you could get lost into. And the the very first one is this song, the, the very air I breathe. The very air that I breathe because if we don't have air, we're dead. And that's what that song is saying. If we don't have God, we're dead. It's over. If we don't have a prayer, we don't have a chance. And so this first song is going to say, God, you are our air. We realize that, God. It's not even in me to know what to do, Lord God. If you don't put air in my lungs, God, I'm dead. I'm dead, Lord. And that song, next one, go right into let it rain. Oh, God, let it rain. And these are songs of desperation and saying, God, we must have this. We absolutely must have this, God.
this needs to be a spiritual house where we expect God to move, an atmosphere to create for God to pour in what I need, what you need, in order for us to be men in these last days, fathers in these last days, Christians in these last days, for our ladies to be women of God in these last days when the world is going crazy, absolutely crazy, wives in their last days, that we can be the salt and the light, and here's the time where we can receive it. 